Iconic makeup artist. Beauty industry revolutionary. Entrepreneur. Bobby Brown is all these things and so much more. Throughout her career, she has crossed paths with some of the most accomplished people at the top of their field. These conversations are a look into their inspiring lives because everyone has a story. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown. Sam McKnight is known to the fashion and beauty world as the hairdresser of all hairdressers. But Sam McKnight, to me, is incredibly talented, incredibly well well lived, incredibly experienced in a way that there's no other hairdresser in the industry. He is talented. He could do things with his hands and his comb that you've never seen. He's had an incredible career. He has dear friends that he has worked with from the beginning of time that he now considers his family. First time I met Sam was definitely for a Vogue shoot. And I was doing a lot of American Vogue at the time when Sam came over from the UK. He was a young hairdresser who was uh, really getting a lot of interest by all the magazines. He was instantly nice and he was incredibly talented. I never knew at the time that Sam was going to blow up to be the star that he became. But what I love about Sam is just the way that he is a regular guy. And when he talks about his relationship and working with Princess Diana, he's as matter of fact as when he's talking about his beloved flowers in his garden. He's had quite the career, and I'm so excited to talk to him. Please welcome my dear friend, Sam McKnight. Hey, Sam. Hey, Bobby. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. The color looks good on you. I don't know if I've seen you with that oh, nice Oh, good. Tan. We were debating. We were debating. Yep. Oh, oh, the color, oh, the color tan. Oh, yeah, that was work. Oh, both. On. That was two yeah. weeks of work, that was. Ah, yeah. no. The, and the combination. I love your, I love you. your shirt. Thank you. Who Thank makes you. that beautiful sweater? That's Prada. Prada, okay. Of course. Very nice. Yeah. Of course. I thought it might have been Paul Smith. <laughs> could have been Paul Smith, but it could have been. It could have been, yeah. 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 So how does it feel to be the hairdresser of all hairdressers, which is what you are called? Oh, is it, who calls me that then? It was, you it's do. All you over, just it's did. All o- no, it's all over my notes. My my team that does this amazing research. Sam McKnight is the hairdresser of all hairdressers, which oh, I believe. And that um, most of the young hairdressers have asked who they would like a chance to meet or work with. Their first answer is Sam McKnight. Oh, that's nice to know. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Did, did you not know this? I didn't know that. No, no. Do you, do you know that you are celebrated? Well, I know that I built a reputation for myself. Sure. Yes. But we don't really dwell on things like that too much, do we? We don't see ourselves as others see us, do we? No, we don't. And that's why I want to figure out why I love you so much, why you are such a humble, nice, amazing man. Well, we kind of do go back a long way, don't we? We do. We do. I don't really remember exactly when I met you. I think you probably had hair. I did have hair. Yeah. 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 I did have hair. Yeah. And you were famous when you came to America already. Um, Not as, but you were. I I was pretty successful in the UK. And and I had quite immediate success in the States because our business was very, very small then, wasn't it? It was kind of, it was, um, it was a very, very tiny niche little market, I guess. It's sure changed. It sure has changed, hasn't Uh it? 
So take me back to where you grew up. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a little village in the southwest of Scotland. Um, really, just a few thousand people. And my my parent, my mum's still there. Um, so yeah, I'm from I'm from the hills. You're from the I'm hills, a, and I'm ha- a hillbilly. Yeah, hardly. And uh, <laughs> how many brothers and sisters do you I have? I have one brother and one sister. And what number are you in the I'm number the one, numero of uno, course. of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah, of yeah. course. And what uh, what did mom and dad do? <laughs> my mom works up? in the grocery store and my father works in the coal mine. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so when did you wake up and say, I want to be a hairdresser? I never really did that. I, I, um, I... I did quite well at school and I was expected to go to university or college or do something, which I did for a year and I absolutely hated it. Where uh, did you go? I went to um, a, it was about 20 miles from a house. It was called Craigie College and it was, I was going to be a teacher. And I did a year and a half and just absolutely could not figure out what I was doing. And my friends owned a hairdressing salon and they owned a... There was a hairdressing salon, a disco, um, a, a hamburger joint, and it was kind of cool. And I would be helping them out at the weekends to um, to get some pocket money. And I, um, I just kind of fell into it, really. It just kind of happened. I would help them in the salon on a Saturday. And I ended up cutting hair, that, and it happened very quickly. And I left college and... Um, that it was by accident, like a lot of these things are. It's, it kind of was never supposed to be that. But but wait for a second. So you never went to beauty school, beauty college? No, we, you don't really have to do that so much in the UK. You, you learn in the salon. Really? Mm. That is so different than here. Mm. I mean, I mean how you, did you can even... do it that way. So, but how did you even understand how hair falls? And how you not... Do, you, you're, how... you're learning, you, you, you're being taught like, all the time in the salon. You're not allowed to do hair in the salon for the first couple of years, you know, maybe a year or two years. But you kind of, you're learning all the time and you're, be, you're being taught in the evenings. And so you weren't one of these kids that always would try to do your mom's hair, your sister's no, hair? Like no, you had no all. interest in that? No, not at all. What were you interested in high school though? Because that's the one thing. Um, God, I don't really remember. Um, I, I was, I was, I felt, it felt like I was studying all the time. And I used to do a lot of swimming. I used to love so, swimming. So would you call yourself a jock? Were you a jock? No, not then? at all. No, I wasn't interested in sports at all, but I used to do a lot of swimming. That was that was my thing that I did. And so studying and swimming, that's mm. it? That's it? That's your high school years? Yeah. It yeah? was really, yeah. Hanging okay, out, so, I guess. Not really okay. very driven. Right. And 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 you didn't really know about this other world that you were. I had no about idea about this other world. No, no idea. That was all so new you're, to me. So you're right now. You're still in Scotland. Your first school, uh, yeah. your first job. You're learning yeah. how to cut hair. Yeah. And how long did you stay there? I stayed there. I went was there for about a year and a half. And wh- and where did you go when you left? I left, and then I went. Uh, I came to London. Did you know anyone in London? I knew a few people in London. Uh, I knew I knew someone well enough to get the apartment upstairs which was very handy. And I got a few jobs in London and, and around various salons. 
and ended up at a place called Molten Brown, which I think we now know as um, shampoos and hand washes and that kind of thing, became very successful. But they, they were uh, the, the coolest salon in London in the mid-70s. And I thought, I, I want a job there because I could see that all the guys from there, one of them being Kerry Warren, uh, were doing all the British folk covers in the, in the late 70s. And I, I, I kind of was very... I, suddenly this kind of world became, um, appeared to me uh, so I went there and I kind of, I took the plunge and I went oh. and got, had an interview and they took me on and I had to retrain there cause I had to, I had to have, a, I had to have a sort of more of a formal training, which, which they took me on and did that. And I learned so much there cause they, they were the first, they had a whole, I don't know if you, you heard about them then, but they had a whole, um, building in South Moulton street and it's, it's a, it's a whole house and their philosophy was everything natural. And they used hmm. to make their own products in Wales, in their property in Wales. And they, they were the first people to do that kind of thing. I mean, their, 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 their products had no preservatives in them. In fact, they used to stink after a couple of weeks, you know. But, but, they, but, they, now, they have, but now they have preservatives in them. Well, they, they're, 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 it's, it's a whole a different brand. thing now. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's not owned by the same people. It was a, it was a small um, family-owned business then. It was great. I, never, it was, I, I learned a lot. Yeah, but I, I honestly, I know the brand so well. I never knew yeah. it came from It a came salon. from a hair salon. Yeah, they had a great wow. makeup line as well. This is all late 70s, huh. yeah. Right. It was really who, beautiful. Uh, and it's Molten Street, who was the brown? South Molten Street. Brown was the brown store. Caroline. Okay. Uh, Caroline was the daughter of Mrs. B from, from Mrs. Burstein from Brown. So, so it was across the road. So it was all part of a sort of group of um, fashion stores. And did you end up assisting Carrie Warren on I any shoes? Is that how you Carrie started? on a couple of shows? Yes, yeah. yes. That's how I got started, really. Okay. And what was like your first time you saw your name in print? Oh, I don't remember. Um, really, I remember. No, I, remember I don't mine. remember. You don't remember? I think I had done a few. We did a few, a few things on my own for. I think I did a show. We did we did some newspaper things, but I I remember very clearly my first shoot for Vogue because Carrie was either ill or double booked or something, and I was sent to be his replacement, and I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified, and we shot a lingerie story with the model called Amy with Eric Bowman. Uh, I went and then on, both of us went on, I think, to work with after that, didn't we? Yeah. Yes, and, exactly. Uh, and I mean, <laughs> Together, I, love, I love Eric. He's great. It's, I mean, to the, uh, I see him to this day sometimes. Wow. And um, uh, where was I? Um, so that was my first, that was my first solo uh, hmm. shoot. Right. Uh, and for, I, I for also, a big magazine. Yeah, and I also have a similar. The Bonnie Maller got sick one day, and I got to sub for her, and it was Bruce Weber. There you so go. Was, there yeah, you go. That was yeah. yeah so yeah, you know, the the yeah. trick is to wait around till someone you really admire and help <laughs> to, has a bad day and just go it's in there. It's true. It's true. Well, uh, it's always like that, isn't it? That's yeah. the way it works. Yeah. But but you also you know have a reputation besides being the most talented hairdresser, just being the good guy. Like, did you ever go through a period you know like where you got into the party scene and had to pull yourself out of it, or have you always? Oh God, been... I, I I think I partied every night through the eighties in New York. Uh -huh. But I, I think 
not just me, uh, a lot of other people. Probably not you, I can't imagine, though, you know, um, if I remember correctly. I mean, I, I you were did, much but I was probably home at 10. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I, probably, I get tired I was really probably early. going out as you were getting home. Uh, yes, um, but, exactly. But that was the 80s in New York, and I had a great yeah. time, you know. And then we all grew up. Yeah. It, some, it took some of us longer than others. Yeah, exactly. So you are also, <laughs> so from your Vogue, you now had 100 Vogue covers. Is that correct? Oh, no, I think there's more than 200 now. More than 200. Okay, guys, yeah, yeah. 200 Vogue covers. Yeah, 200 yeah. Vogue covers. It's unbelievable. Do you have a favorite? No. They're all so different. I mean, it, 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 it's when people ask you about your favorite shoot, your favorite model, your favorite anything, you know what it's like. You have, a, you have such a, an emotional connection to the day, the people in the shoot. I mean, because sometimes it can be not so great emotions, but so, and sometimes it can be such a strong memory of something that happened that day or something that was happening to you that day or something that was happening to somebody else that day. You were looking after the model that day because she wasn't feeling good and it ended right. up being the best picture of her career. Those kind of things. You know, you, you, you have these emotional... Because I just did a book, well, a couple of years ago, and we went. We started with forty thousand images in this room. It was kind of wow, um, crazy. And we got that down to I think there's about a thousand images in the book. It's a lot, but the editing process of that was weird to begin with because I'd be going through stuff, and I have an emotional. I mean, I kept most of my stuff, so I had boxes of tear sheets, which was very handy. Right. We didn't have to search for too much, and I, I. Um, I found, I've obviously they sit in boxes. I never get them out and look at my things, you know, they've been there for right. years. So when they were out and, you know, we were going through them and I would sort of pick things out and then I'd, I'd, I'd a friend of mine kind of go through it with me as, as, a, as an outsider, as a kind of somebody who wasn't there. And he said to me, why did you pick that one? And I said, well, it's this and it's that. And he said, yeah, but there's no hair in it. Or the, hair, the, hair's, uh, kind of, the hair's kind of nothing in it. So that right. became the way I edited it. It's sort of, huh. it, it, because it was a hair book. But going back to before I started rambling, it's uh, you have an emotion, emotional connection to every job you do, I think, you know, well, right. I do, you know, and I still do, you know, and I have a great memory. I can remember, I, you know, I, I, I can see a picture. I can remember mostly who was on makeup and who the photographer was. Occasionally it kind of goes, but um, generally uh, my memory served me well. And, and, and going through pictures, it takes you right back there. It takes you back to the beach or the, you know, the street or the studio or the time, really. Mm -hmm. Well, I you mean, we've also spent, you've spent your life traveling in yes. addition to being in studio. Yes. Do you prefer out, you know, travel shoots or do you prefer studio shoots? Um, I like the mix of both. I love, I love what we do that what we do is not the same for any more than a few days i mean i've just i came back from i came back from vietnam on thursday and on saturday i was on a plane to milan we did two big shows in milan got on the plane to paris what shows uh we did fendi menswear and d squared menswear so it feels like for the last week i have been on trains and planes and Aww cars uh, on the move right. so i'm kind of glad to be home for a few days so you know it works like that and and uh your other partner in i would say not in life but in your career is mary greenwall 
Mm-hmm. One of the one of, you know, the makeup artists that I think is uh, on top of her game and the most talented. How many years have you worked with Mary? I've worked with Mary. I met Mary in 84. So I guess that was that's whatever that is. 20, 35 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I've never said wow. that. I've never said that out loud. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. And um, and so working with Mary. Like what, how do you guys work together and why is it, why did you guys get paired up or why did it pair up like this? I guess in, in the, um, cause I had worked with Lena Cantello at the beginning of my career. Right. I mean, you kind of always <sighs> pair up with people. I've worked with many makeup artists as, as teams. And I think with different photographers, you tend to sometimes be with different makeup artists and at different stages in your career. But it was, I was with Linda for a few years at first, and then Linda moved to Paris, and Mary arrived in New York, and Mary and I started working together with Liz Tilberis, who was at British Vogue at the time, before she was the editor of Bazaar, and Patrick de Marchelier. And that became our little British Vogue and Patrick team, and then and that, that went on for a few years, and then we, we worked a lot with Colleen Cerf at American Vogue, and we had a... We had a great time. And I still and work to, with Mary. I still, we work with Mary a lot with, um, with Kate Blanchett and on editorial shoots. So, yeah, we're still together. Well, since we're, we're mentioning, you know, some amazing celebrities, you've worked with some of the top celebrities in the world. You know, Kate Blanchett, you've, uh, name, name some more. I mean, everyone um, has. Well, Kate, Kate Moss has been a big part of my, um, um, my career. I've worked with Kate since she was a baby, a teenager, mm. and and still to this day, we're still creating fabulous images. I mean, she is the kind of, Kate became the kind of model to end all models, really. She kind of did, she went to, she hit those those heights that no one ever imagined and, um, and created a, a new blueprint, really, you know, and it's, that's been a pleasure. It's been great doing all these different, looks on Kate and she's become a really good friend too. So it, you know what it's like, Bobby, you build, you work with someone in real close proximity. You're touching people. You're, you're seeing people first thing in the morning, 6am in the morning right? at their most vulnerable and at your most vulnerable. So you bond, you know, and if you don't bond, then they're not going to be, they're not going to be a client really, are they? They're, you, you, you kind of form those bonds often, uh, with those girls as teenagers, you know, so you, so, it, you know, you're spending a lot of time in vulnerable situations growing up together. Um, it's, 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 it's a special bond you have with mm, people. It's, right. it's nice. It's lovely. It's like family. It is like family. It's another and, family. And do you get nervous before going to uh, shoots anymore? No. No, no, not even not even if you haven't met, if it's a new celebrity. Do you know what? Or... Sometimes, if I haven't met someone, and I don't, if I if I don't know anyone on the team at all, I'm kind of I wouldn't say nervous, but I, I I you know you kind of start thinking, oh, I hope this is, you know, I hope everything's okay. I hope it's fine. You know, it's okay. Have you ever had a situation where it wasn't okay at a shoot for you? Um, I think if I have. I just know that that's not the that's not the team for me, and and luckily I kind of luckily I've had a career of working with nice people. I don't I'm I don't thrive on 
drama and tension and fear. I thrive on positivity and um, I like being around nice people. I like having fun. I like being around real people, you know, and I take, cause I, so, so I tend to avoid those situations, you know, um, if you are in a situation with this, uh, this is not really for me. You don't go back. Right. Well, besides you your learn. talent. Yeah, but besides your talent, the words that just came out of your mouth, which I'm going to have to write down because they were amazing, is why you've had such longevity and such success. I mean, it's a combination that so many talented hairdressers, makeup artists, photographers have, you know, kind of dramaed themselves out of a career. Mm. So I, I, I kudos to you, Sam, and I hope you could spread that, you know, word. Well, I think our- there's, 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 probably, there's probably a moment earlier on in my career where it could probably have gone that way but you make that you kind of look at it and you think no I don't want I don't want to be that person and I remember I'm not going to say when it was and I remember being in a situation thinking you know what I don't want my career to be like this so I'm not going to come back here and Mm. I remember and I was working with a very well-known team for a big publication I thought you know I'm going to I'm just going to say no next time Mm. and you know what it worked out fine it was okay and I think learning that early on was was a good thing for me. And how did you get the um, to start working with Princess Diana? Um, that was that came through British Vogue through Anna Harvey. Anna Harvey was the wonderful um, fashion director at British Vogue, and she sadly passed away last year. We lost Anna last year, and she was she's she's an incredible woman. Anna she she went on from there, and she also was the lady who introduced Diana into fashion early on, sort of around 1980 when she had mm. met Prince Charles. So but Anna went on after that to uh, go to Moscow, to China, and, and really be the person who started all those big issues of Vogue now, of Russian... Greek, Chinese, the, the sort of foreign, when Vogue started to branch out, Anna was the lady who did all that. She's incredible. Anyway, mm. I, I, Anna and I had worked together. Anna was a, a great believer in me when I was a kid. You know, she was so, mm. she was quite intimidating, but she was absolutely lovely. She was great. And I was terrified of her and grew to absolutely adore her. Anyway, Patrick... Uh, was shooting some of some of the young ladies in the royal family, and we did. They didn't tell us who. And Anna was styling, and Mary and I were on hair and makeup in London in 1990. I think it was July 1990. And um, uh, we had a few. We had the lovely Sarah Armstrong Jones and Helen Windsor and and Victoria Lockwood, who married Diana's brother. Who Victoria was a you probably worked with Victoria as a model with Bruce. She was mm-hmm. she, yeah. she was a successful model in New York, Victoria. So it was a fun, nice day. And then someone else came bounding up the stairs, who happened to be Princess Diana, kind of unannounced, because I think they didn't want to tell everyone. They didn't want to scare everyone. But it uh-huh. was, and and she was um, she was absolutely divine. And that that was. That was, yeah, that was a shoot for British Vogue, July 1990. And that was my first introduction to Princess Diana. 
And that is probably what you are most known for out in the big world. Yeah, that, right. I, I, I'll take that. That's fine. That that's uh, that's good. Because you changed her hair and you changed. You I did. Well, it was funny because her we style did, changed. We did it. We did a shoot that day, and it, Patrick. You know how kind of irreverent and easy Patrick was. Well, of course, mm-hmm. she didn't. She couldn't understand a word he was saying. And we had to <laughs> translate for her, but he was speaking in English. <laughs> and yeah. um, so Patrick had us sitting on the floor in this sort of white ivory silk ball gown and sort of laughing. And and I had made her hair look short it, on it with a tiara. And I had I'd kind of she just said do whatever you like, which was kind of great, you know. She was she yeah. was so she was so disarming and enchanting. You kind of fell in love with her, you know. Mm. You instantly she she had, was one of those women who had that. There's very very few women you meet in life who have that incredible power, incredible sort of intoxicating charisma, and 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 all in a positive way, not not in a, not in some kind of sickly. Um, sick of onions. She was just, she was just, um, she was really cool. Anyway, so after the shoot, she loved the pictures. I mean, you know, she 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 put herself in our hands, and and uh, she loved the pictures. And she said, and the world loved the pictures. The world said, loved the pictures. What, what would you do? What would you do with my hair if I said, if I gave you, you know, free reign? What would you do? I said, well, you know what? I'd just cut it all off and start again because it was 1919. It was it right. was it was kind of the time of. The models were starting to have the hair cut short because Linda started that one. And, and there was a lot of short hair on it. And it, it was ter- going from those kind of big powered um, sort of full on 80s into a more kind of streamlined 90s idea. And she said, OK, let's do it now. So we did it. I put a kind of I put a plastic garment bag around <sighs> her and cut her hair off really short. And and that was the start of a seven year, huh. lovely seven year relationship. Wow! And and how how often did you work with her during those seven years? I would if I was in London. I mean, I was traveling all over the world by then. I, I managed. I I don't know how I did it, but I managed to juggle um, my fashion work with. I, if I was in London, I would see her every day, and hmm. if if I wasn't there, I had two lovely girls who would come and fill in. And so between the three of us, we managed to to juggle that for seven years. And I would go on lots of trips with her. She liked me to, to go abroad with her. So we, I got to go to the most amazing places. And is this anywhere in your books, like the experiences, or that book's not written yet? Oh, no, there, we, there, there, there are some pictures and some Not little, just the pictures, little, but li- what... Little anecdotes. But you yeah. know what? A lot of that stuff, it, it only belongs to... to it's, it's quite personal, and it doesn't really, it, you know, it's sort of... It doesn't feel right sharing it. It's sort of, you know... Well, I'm not asking for the bad things, but the expe- <laughs> no, but no, but more the no, experiences even, of what even, you saw, like yeah. what the world and who you met, and you know yeah. that's fascinating. It is, but it kind of feels like it belongs to just a few people. You know, mm-hmm. there, we, I did a few. I, I, I told a few stories in, in the book, but they're they're um, they're nice little stories. You know, they go yeah. with the picture. Yeah. Ah, oh. and and so working with Princess Diana is a whole thing on its own. But working with models and celebrities, what's the biggest difference for you when you work with a fashion model versus a celebrity? Um, I, do you know what I think that I think that has I think maybe twenty years ago, working with celebrity meant that you were doing the celebrity as the celebrity, 
and the model was whatever the model was required to be that day. But I think in the last 10 years, five years even, that has changed so much. There is so much more, um, well, there's so much demand for change and for something new and for internet hits and all that kind of stuff that, that, that celebrities have had to become models. Does that make sense? Yeah. They have, no, had, they have had to be really sense. open to changing their looks. So in a way, they, 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 the two worlds have kind of met. Mm. And I think it's great now because celebrities are really up now for changing their mm. looks for a shoot. They want to come and want to see what we're doing today. So, so that world has changed. And you've worked with two amazing chameleons, uh, Madonna and Lady Gaga. Yeah. How, how similar and how different are well, the I, Do you know what? I working? only worked with Madonna once. I only did, okay. a, did a, an album cover with Madonna with, with Patrick. I did the Bedtime Stories album cover. And but, but Gaga, I worked with. We did a lot of shoots for a couple of years. Fairly early, we did all the Born, with, Born This Way stuff. And probably much to your horror, I did put the meat headdress on her <laughs> meat dress uh, and um, was that your idea or hers it was not my idea but you know i i yeah. that was hers she's amazing you know she changed yeah. the whole landscape of pop really she 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 really gave it gave it an amazing injection that it was lacking she brought the whole thing to a whole new level and f we were just saying this the other day when when, when i saw her at the goal on the gold gloves she really has raised the bar Hmm. And it's it's just quite wonderful. Just, she's very talented. She's really talented. I mean, she sings really beautifully, and she she stuck her neck out, and it's worked for her. And hmm. I'm really happy for her. She's great. I really love the way she looked in the movie when she had no makeup on. Yes. I couldn't believe how naturally yeah. pretty she yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope she doesn't forget about that part of her. You know, well, meaning that she could actually be seen with very little makeup on and still look gorgeous. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, she's proved that she can do that. She's an actor. I mean, we did her as yeah. a, we did her as a man um, uh. Uh, once too. And she, she's a chameleon. She really is a chameleon. Like Madonna, she's a chameleon. Right. So your book, which is, you know, available everywhere for sale, your, um, tell me about your show. Which I wish came to America. Oh, yeah. That was, um, that was a... a, a a retrospective, would you call it? I guess it was. Yes, it was a. It was. It was more than that, though. It was a. A kind of a sneaky peek inside a world that the general public don't really. They're, they're, you can see it on on maybe on the internet or something, but it but but it was um, um, Somerset House, which is a a government funded um, museum in. Uh, London. It's really, it's a great, it's a beautiful old building on the Thames and, and the, the space is fantastic. And they gave us a huge space. Um, and it was, because when they first approached us, they thought, oh, you, do you really want to think that's interesting to just do pictures on the walls? And <laughs> we don't want to do that. We want it to be more of a, more of a kind of experience hmm. about just showing people um, what hair is in the modern world. So it started off, you, you walked in, and you walk straight into an enormous glass box with all the products and tools that we use in it, sort of just displayed, uh, you know, at, at museum style. Right. And after that, it was a black room, and we had made all these, um, we had made all these GoPro films 
with, from lots of shows we had done. So we had the film, we had the cameras on the mirrors. So looking at mm. the girls. So we played those films on mirrors back to the audience. And the, 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 we had seven places set up as if it was a show and it was black. And so you were kind of immersed in this experience and we had the sound, we had all the hairdryers going and the, mm. the voices and the girls talking and the hairdressers talking. It was kind of amazing. So you're into it. And then it went on to, and Vivian Westwood um, kindly gave us nine couture outfits. So we recreated wigs from nine of the iconic shows we've done for Vivian over the years, which were on a massive tableau. And at the, uh, the, that was at the beginning of the exhibition. At the other end of the exhibition, uh, Chanel had given us uh, nine couture outfits. And so at the end of it, there, were, there was um, a pale pink room and Chanel had given us nine couture outfits and oh. we had recreated the corresponding hair from uh, shows that we had done in wigs on there. And, and the shows were actually playing in the cinema room. And between those um, two, so I guess bookends, there were two floors of films, uh, huge portraits, enormous 10 foot high portraits of, of Christy and Linda and Carly Kloss and, and 10 of my collaborators, you know, stylists, makeup artists, you know, Val Garland, Peter Phillips, Patrick, Nick Knight, Christy, Linda. It was, it was, it was wow. um, real sort of the, the high end of fashion, but in big, um, big 10 foot high prints, which were really beautiful. And there were lots of photographers loaned as prints. And I had lots of my Polaroids up on the wall too, because I've got a, a nice collection of Polaroids from over the years. And we had, we took, we, we had lots of wigs. We had kind of iconic wigs that we had done on stand. We recreated those and we had those on stands. And we had, we, I got these plastic drawers at home and there were, some, there were some blank walls. And the week before I'd been going through the drawers in the studio and we kind of opened the drawers and they'd be, it would just be full of pastel colored wigs. And I thought that looks great. So I took pictures. And we then, what we did is we got, we got some Perspex frames and we just took the contents of the drawers and squeezed them into Perspex frames and put them mm. on the wall. And it looked kind of amazing. It looked great. Obviously, when you made it more beautiful, but, um, but yeah. Um, yeah, it worked. I'm, it so, I'm so sorry I missed it. Hopefully one day it will come to uh, New York. That would be nice. It would be amazing. Yeah. So one of my amazing memories is uh, of working with you, and you know we just talked about it recently, was the opportunity to do Lorenz Scott's show together. Yes. And especially the evening where we were doing a makeup test till very late in the night, <laughs> and Lorenz's boyfriend, Mick Jagger, came yeah, yeah. and got involved in the hair and makeup and he what did, works and he? what yeah. didn't work. Yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't believe that I wow. personally had the experience <laughs> of discussing what blush, what lip, what eyeshadow that Sir Mick yeah. thought was right. I mean, it was great. He, I, I loved that. I loved that he was involved and he was really yeah. positive and encouraging he too. He was great. Yeah. Yes. And his, uh, his amazing chef, uh, the, the Indian dinner that they served us. I'll never forget that either. Yeah. Probably Pretty not good. a year. Yeah, but that was, uh, I feel, feel very lucky to have had that experience yeah. in my life. Yeah, it was great. So um, talk to me about your hair care range, because uh, it has not launched in America yet. No, we, we, were on, we were on sale in the States in, uh, we haven't done a big launch, but we are on Violet Grey and on Netta Porter. 
Right. Um, but we're um, it's what 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 I what we did is we we made four different dry styling products. We worked we worked out what we need for backstage for shows because what we need now is products that are quick and easy to use but that are really speedy and simple and there aren't five steps they're they're a one step easy to use transformational product that work well if you use a little and that work even better if you use a lot so that you can build upon them and equally as important they brush out really easily so i get to use a lot of products and 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 um we were we were kind of we kept saying i wish these products did this and i wish these products did that and i wish the ones did so what we've done is we did them ourselves and we have a we have a hairspray that's a multitasker that i can curl straighten volumize finish i do everything with it and i can brush it out so it doesn't leave any residue in the hair uh, and we did a, we did a dry shampoo that is invisible we did a very very light um, texturizer that brushes out too and we did a much stronger one we called it easy updo because it makes the task of putting fine silky hair up it makes it really super easy and we are thrilled with them I love the products. You gave me some last time I saw you. They are amazing. And Thank they you. smell, they smell divine. They, they smell, smell good, so don't good. They? Don't and they? the packaging Great. is beautiful because, you know, good. I'm a, I, I only like using products that have good formula and good packaging. Yeah. And there's not a lot of them, as you know. Yeah. So I, I, I do think they will do well. And I can't wait for you to come out with shampoo and an oil. Coming soon. Coming yeah. soon. Do coming you have a hair soon. oil? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things in the pipeline. A lot of things. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited to see where that. So Sam, if you can give all the people that are listening, but especially the hair and makeup people, just one thing that they could do, like that you could teach them that they could do that could make a big difference in their career and getting ahead. What is the one thing you would tell them? I would say to make yourself available. Just make yourself available. Don't say no. Every opportunity that comes your way at the beginning, even even now, take every opportunity. Don't turn your nose up at things. Just that making yourself available thing, because there may be ten, you make yourself available for everything until you get a handle on what it is you actually want to do. But I think even now making myself available is one of the most important things, you know, because if people think you're not available, they're not going to call or if people think you don't want to do something, just be enthusiastic and make yourself available. And you said yes to me and hopefully someone is watching this and they're going to do the Sam McKnight experience show in New York city. And you know, you never know. I think but saying so, yes is good, isn't it? Yeah. I, saying I agree. yes is good. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Thank you so much, Sam, for Thank joining you, me. Thank you, Bobby. But could you tell the audience where they could find you, where they could, you know, find you all over the Internet? Um, well, I'm, my Instagram is Sam McKnight one, S-A-M-M-C-K-N-I-G-H-T one. Our website is sammcknight.com. And our brand uh, where we post lots of backstage stuff, lots of how to's, funny little videos that is called... Hair by Sam McKnight. 
<laughs> that was hair, a tough I, one to I, remember. It's hair by Simon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <Jeff. laughs> oh, I got it. And the one thing I did forget to ask you is about your passion, which are your flowers, your garden. Yes. I mean, talk to me. Just tell me why that makes you so happy and what you love about it. Well, I think I probably I get asked this a lot, and I think it's probably because it's more of a solitary thing. It's not. It's not a collaborative um, affair. It's 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 quiet, and it doesn't talk back. And it's I don't know. It's just a different world to where where I am with work and it's it's I can be there on my own you know it's a it's a it's still a world of beauty though and there's a lot of similarities uh, well well you are a flower Sam I love you <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank, Bobby thank you lots I of can't love wait to, to you, see you too yes you, yeah call me next time you're in and, and I'll you do the same. same here I will okay I will. Bye. bye so that was my talk with Sam McKnight and I really love the fact that Sam says he had a choice and he chose positivity. So take that, you guys. Choose positivity. And that's it for this episode of Long Story Short. If you like the show, tell a friend. Also, rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for me, email them to askbobbybrown at gmail.com or you can follow me on Instagram at just Bobby Brown and let me know who you'd like me to interview, anything else you want to see. Thanks for listening. This is Long Story Short with Bobby Brown, a Gallery Media Group production.